to the Success is Subjective podcast series brought to you by ParentTrainers.com, presented by Lilly Consulting. I'm your host, Joanna Lilly. In today's episode, I had the pleasure of interviewing Zoe Benteen. Zoe is a Bostonian and a daughter of a traveling musician. She has been working in the field of addiction and mental health treatment for five years. If you know Zoe, you know she puts a big emphasis on humor in recovery. During the pandemic, she helped a friend open a female-identifying sober living program in Southern California and is now currently working at Multi-Concept Recovery. She is a yoga teacher, an artist, and an enthusiast of all things creative. And fun fact, she has over 40 plants in her house that she has managed to successfully keep alive. If that's not impressive... I sure as heck don't know what is. Let's not wait any longer. Here's Zoe. Zoe, I'm so excited that you're on the podcast. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Let's just jump right in. Why don't you tell our listeners, where did you grow up and what was was your family expectation around post-secondary education and what was also kind of the larger community um, where you grew up? What was the expectation there for post-secondary education? Well, um, I grew up in, well, I grew up in Sudbury, Massachusetts from like birth to age 13. And then I moved to Los Angeles after that. But kind of like, I had a very interesting um, view on just education in general. My, My mom was a very successful musician and I grew up like going on tour with her and watching her perform on stage in front of a lot of people and do a bunch of cool stuff like be on TV and be interviewed and get her picture taken with a bunch of people and she never went to college so I kind of was like wow this is a very fun way to live and then college was really in my mind of a thing that I had to do because growing up, you know, my parents never went to a nine to five job. So I was just like, well, I guess I'm just going to travel the world. I don't sing, but I'm going to do that. (laughs) And then, um, but on the other hand, my father was very big into education and was like, you have to get degrees. You have to. My dad was a professor in Germany and he was a professor at Berkeley, you know, in Boston, a music college and did all of that stuff. And his whole side of the family was very much like you have to go to school. Um, so I kind of was confused a lot, but I was more aiming towards my mom's side of, of how she lived her life because it looked a, like a lot more fun and she was a lot more successful. Um, <laughs> so that was kind of my view on it. <laughs> And then when you, when you moved to California, so you moved to Los Angeles, which is very different than anywhere in Massachusetts. Yes. So different. Oh my was the, goodness. Was the culture like, Hey, now that you're here, like, cause sometimes I feel like I hear that story where it's like somebody lands at a particular high school and the culture is like, if you're not getting into an Ivy league, you're like less than, or that, you know, a different school might just be like, dude, yeah. just graduate. Like we just want you to get your high school diploma, right? And everything in between. So what was the culture there when you kind of inserted yourself to, into school? Well, that's kind of where things got sticky. Um, so, <laughs> I, so in Boston, I, you know, I was very young and I, I think I left there when I was in 
fifth grade. And, you know, so I, and I, and the schools in Sudbury, Massachusetts are phenomenal. Like I had classes, you know, as a youngster in, in music and art and, you know, I got to express myself in many different ways. And then, um, and then coming to Los Angeles, I kind of felt like, you know, like starting fifth grade, it was like, you know, <laughs> like everybody was in their cliques, everybody was in their, in their sports. And I, I was never a sports person. Um, so yeah, the, the expectations were different. Um, I, I start, I went to school in Agora Hills. And so very clicky, very like sports oriented, um, but then for high school, I, I went to Champs Charter High School, which was an arts high school. And I like it couldn't have been a better fit for me because I was an artist. Mm. That was my passion, um, like a visual artist. That's what I was doing. And I, and I excelled in in the arts department. Not so much academics, but arts department. And so, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, just to make sure that that's known. <laughs> just want to put that in there. Um, yeah. Was there pressure, though, on still, like, post-secondary? Like, you know, you're, you're artistic. You should go. Yeah, were you hearing that message of, like, you have to go to college, but let's get your yeah. portfolio ready as a college student? Yes, and I did. And I, <laughs> I, I you know, I got a scholarship to Parsons. Um, I got accepted into Art Center. Uh, I, you know, like I really with, with art in general, like in 2011, I think I was in my sophomore year. Um, I, I did it my first art show. Like I curated it and, um, and it was huge and we raised a lot of money. It was a benefit show for um, the tsunami that happened in Japan. And I was really passionate about it. And I did that. So I did all of these things that really um, kind of, you know, I, I slid into getting into college, um, but I didn't go. So there's that. Yes. Okay. So <laughs> now we're good. Yeah. Okay. You're like, okay, I did that. But what did you do instead? Because then now you've got your high school diploma, even though you were admitted to college, you're choosing not to go. So what, what were your emerging adult years like? What were you doing? Well, um, in high school, there was there was a lot of of trauma that happened in uh, say like my junior like sophomore into junior year. Um, you know, my mom got diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma, and my parents split up. And you know, I I was suffering with a lot of like depression and anxiety, and I and school was probably like the last thing on my mind. I was not about to do that. And um, so to be honest, I had to use, I used those years to heal. And I used those years to um, like really, like I, I connected with a lot of mentors in my life. I'm, I'm lucky to have a lot of older people that reached out to me that, you know, um, especially through, through art and through all that I was doing, I was like, wow, you have a lot of potential, um, but you're broken inside. So let me help you. And I, and I'm still friends mm. with those, with those people today, but um, yeah, I, I, so I really used those years to kind of figure out life and work. I, I got like, you know, barista jobs and I worked at Urban Outfitters and I, you know, was making my own money because very quickly with those with those things happening to me, I had to kind of grow up very fast. So I just took that time to kind of be young and be st 
stupid and make mistakes and <laughs> figure out like um, what I want to do. Like what, what I really want to do. Is, is it art? Is it, you know, mm. just trying to figure out what it is, you know, is it writing? But I eventually figured it out. <laughs> so yeah. Well, what was the catalyst? Tell the listeners, how did you get to the point of figuring out what it was that you really wanted to do. And fast forward to where you are now too simultaneously, because you are not working as a barista or at I'm Urban not. Outfitters. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> there's, there is no knock on either of those places because that's just, that's the evolution of where you are in your career. So why don't you just fill folks in? Like what was kind of the, the evolution of you getting to kind of your purpose or your passion and, and living that life? Well, gladly. Um, going back, like way, way, way back, you know, as I said kind of before, like my dad's side of his family are they're very education oriented and very like that holds a lot of value with them. And I remember when I was probably six or seven, I have this very distinct memory. Um I was my dad's side of the family lives in Maine. So I was in Maine. Uh, at my uncle's house, sitting at their kitchen table and very young. Again, he was sitting with me and my cousin and looking through um, the courses that you can take at the Harvard Extension program. And I was super young. I was like, you're going to go here, just so you know, but here are your options. <laughs> and I was okay. like, okay. Uh, <laughs> so we were looking through it and um, I saw art therapy, like, classes and, and courses on how to become an art therapist and get your degree and do that. Um, and I just lit up. I was like, well, I can help people, you know, growing up as an only child, again, going on the road with my mom, being around adults all the time. I was sitting back and listening to them, uh, as like a six or seven year old being like, yeah, you know, <laughs> um, but I've always wanted to help people. And I always kind of felt like that was something that I was going to be good at. Um, and then that with art, what a better, you know, a magic cocktail. Let's do it. Um, so Liter I always, literally, yeah, literally, I always wanted to do that. So that was always in the back of my mind. Um, and then fast forward to like back in my, my early 20s, I was living I was living in Nashville and then I moved to New York city again, doing art, trying to figure out like, where do I fit in, in this world? Um, and randomly got, got an opportunity to come back to LA and, um, and work at thrive treatment. <laughs> and I was like, Hmm, how interesting. And then, you know, I, again, I, I was also going to therapy at the time and, trying to, again, figure out who am I? What am I going to do? How can I help? Um, and it was suggested to me to be a, a drug and alcohol counselor. So I was like, I want to go to, I, I want to be able to help people. I want to be a therapist, but um, whoa, that's a lot of school. So yeah. um, like a first step in that would be to maybe become a drug and alcohol counselor. And that's also another yeah. Another thing that's been very present in my life since I was a child. So I was like, okay, I could do that. So I stepped into the treatment world with, you know, my eyes wide open, like, wow, I can do this. <laughs> and I completely 
I utterly fell in love. Like I fell mm. so deeply in love working with addicts and alcoholics and helping mm. them. And also, you know, talking about creativity and art and that whole, you know, the myth of like, you need, you know, drugs help you become creative and I need this to do this. Mm. And I just, I, I do, that's not the case. And like seeing people open up in that way through art, and it's just like, I could, I get emotional talking about it. Cause it's, it's so beautiful. And since I started doing that, I was like, there's nothing else that will fulfill me as much as this in my life. Mm. Yeah. So I, that's what I've been doing. Wow. And that's so then so I cool. actually did go to school to be a drug <laughs> and alcohol counselor and I finished. So, uh, Yeah. <laughs> It really goes back to this, the conversation, the title of this podcast, which is success is subjective. Although as a larger society, we tend to say that the only way to a successful career path at age 18 is to immediately go to college. Mm -hmm. But we all know that that's not true, right? If you're dealing or, you know, like your expression of like, you felt like you were broken because you had, had so many traumas in a short amount of time forcing you to grow up, like that's what you have to deal with. You have to heal. You have to learn to be an adult. You have to learn how to be interdependent, but Mm -hmm. like in an emotionally intelligent way. And what's more important than like that to me is way more important than going to college just to go to college because that's what everybody says you got to do. Amen, sister. Oh my gosh. (laughs) You know, I couldn't agree more. And the the amount that I've learned with actually working in treatment, one-on-one with clients, like, you know, even while I was training to become a counselor, like the the amount that I've learned from that is like, you know, it's mind boggling. And I, I learned so much from clients. And also the gift of working in a treatment center is working with therapists and mm-hmm. being able to ask them questions like holy cannoli <laughs> i had the best the best clinical director oh my gosh his name is david pavia thrive treatment that that man taught me so much and you know was was just another factor of why i fell in love with this industry um yeah so where are you now so now i work I work at multi-concept recovery, which is an IOP in Burbank, California. And it's, it has to be one of the most beautiful places I've ever seen with one of the most beautiful programs I think exists in this world. Hands Whoa. down. I know. <laughs> so t- tell us a little bit about why, why are they so different? So, I mean, they, they really they're extremely client centered. And I know a lot of places say that, but one thing that I think is so cool about this place is they have two programs in one with their substance Mm. abuse. They have their emotional intelligence track and they have their traditional therapeutic track. Um, You know, both are jam packed with like very helpful information and a great way to go through treatment, you know, whether it's like Mm. recovery, Dharma, um, breath works, EMDR, neurofeedback, they just, you know, like explore all of these different ways of healing, which in my own personal journey of healing, that has really helped me because, you know, as we've kind of talked about in this podcast, I've tried a lot of different things in my life and (laughs) I have to experience different things to know if they work for me or not. 
And we just opened up our mental health IOP for adults and adolescents. And it's definitely a place that I wish I could have gone to as an adolescent. Hmm. Well, that's good to know. And we'll make sure that we'll actually have you share with the listeners how they can contact you at the very end. But for the time being, I'm just going to ask you this question because I ask everybody. Hit me. <laughs> I love that. Thank you. I'm coming coming at you. Um, do you see yourself as successful? Yes, very much. If I could have seen myself when I was 16, looking at myself now, I would be mind blown. And just in, in the sense of not, you know, I'm not like a bajillionaire or anything like that, but like, I'm so fulfilled emotionally and I've met such amazing people and I've learned so much and I don't see myself stopping that anytime soon. I just, you know, I'm just learning new things every day and healing in different ways. And I think that I am very successful. Oh, that's good for you. Thank that's you. Important. That's what, that's what matters. <laughs> So if you could give one piece of advice to a young person that is kind of, like you said, you were conflicted, you know, pulling Mm -hmm. back to like your, your idea of what am I supposed to do in terms of like Mm post-graduation, what piece of advice could you give to that young person? That's a good question. I would say one thing that I, I used to do when I was younger and I still do now is I like to picture like an older version of myself. And like the woman that I want to be, the woman that I know that I can be. And I will visualize older Zoe sitting next to me. Like if I'm in a tough spot, if I'm like, I don't know what to do next. I'm freaking out. I'm insecure. Um, You know, maybe this is the end of the road for me in terms of my career success. I just don't know. I'll have a conversation with my older self, the older self that I want to be. And I've used that since I was young and I... And it's been really helpful. So that, try that. (laughs) You heard it, folks. Try that. Yeah, (laughs) try it. All right. So so how can people get in touch with you? You can find me on Facebook, uh, Zoe Benteen. You can also, you know, you can call me, text me, beat me. My number is 818-669-9316. And you can reach me at Zoe at multiconceptrecovery.com. Fantastic. And we'll make sure that there's links to all of those in the podcast notes um, for those of you that may not be quite so auditory, but are a little bit more visual. Please, please, please reach out to Zoe. Thank you again for being on this podcast and sharing Thank story. You. Oh my gosh. I can't believe you asked me. I, I'm honored and I'm just, you know... <laughs> feel like a superstar. Oh, you are. You are. This is awesome. Thanks again. Thank you. That's it for this week's Success is Subjective episode. I want to thank my guest again for joining me this week and for being willing to share their story. This podcast would not exist if it weren't for people such as yourself. Stay tuned for our next episode where you can bet it'll be another amazing human sharing their personal story with the world. You can follow me on Instagram at Lily Consulting and on Facebook at Lily Consulting LLC. But most importantly, check out the resources on my website at www.lilyconsulting.com. If you're listening to this show on Apple Podcasts, please do me a favor and subscribe. 
Also, while you're there, if you would be so kind, leave me a review. You can also download to listen to the Success is Subjective podcast on other popular podcast apps such as Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. Make sure you check out the show notes where you will find contact information, website details, and all social media for our guests. Once again, thank you to parenttrainers.com for sponsoring this podcast series. And thank you for tuning in. And remember, there is no single path through life. Success is what you make it.